ended up going what? I'm li oh, that's right. I am live. I forgot. We're starting a service with live. Thank you. Welcome online audience, everybody who's watching online. That's awesome. We are, uh, we anticipated, uh, of course, the sunrise service. Uh, some were here and, and were unable to, uh, to stay. We had a great breakfast, though, and I'm just thankful for the ladies that cooked for us. I know uh, Cody said he was about in a sausage and uh, cinnamon roll uh, coma. So if he falls out of sleep, I will just call him out. It will be all right. Well, anyway, we are blessed to have you. We have a, a few things different today. We're going to have the kids singing a little bit. We're going to have a couple of special songs. Uh, Kenzie and I are going to do with your help. We're going to actually have the words up so you can be a part of it. So uh, let's get ready to worship the Lord. And so as you all are finding your seats, I'm going to have my mom is going to... Uh, sing especially to open the service up, but go ahead and come on up here, Mom, and, and we're going to uh, pray as she get, when she gets up here, and, and then we will begin the service. As I said, we're doing things a little bit different order, but it'll all be good. We, let's pray. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this morning and all that you've already done. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to come and celebrate the most amazing event that ever took place, and that was the, the fact that Jesus was willing to give his life for us. Father, we just praise you. We thank you that we can celebrate the fact that Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And because of that, we have opportunity to have a new life in him. We thank you, Lord God, for, for blessing this service, for bringing these folks out tonight or this morning. And, Father, we just praise you. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ooh. Well, good morning, everybody, and again, good morning to our online audience, and what an honor to be here, and what an honor to be ministering um, in song.
everybody what's going on Kim you got a story for us I saw April hushing you all right these are the abbreviated announcements for today we've got a lot of stuff going so we're gonna we're gonna rush through it but every Sunday morning 945 got women's Bible study kids choir and youth Bible study next Sunday the 24th we're having family dinner after church um, the hostesses with the mostesses will not be here so we might need a couple of volunteers we've talked to some people but uh, if somebody else wants to volunteer for that that'd be great um, on our on our prayer list uh, Roger Bowman passed away uh, his wife Colleen she helps us with the church and keeping it clean and nice and and uh, we'd sure uh, appreciate some some prayers their direction and uh, on the birthday front Derek, where's Derek? Oh, he stayed home. All right, Kim. Kim's got a birthday. How old are you, Kim? Eighty-two. Not bad. 
um, Clarissa, she's 23, I think. Then we got some anniversaries, Bill and Megan. How long have how long you guys been married? I saw Megan somewhere. Oh, I know that's that's coming up. Four years, four years, and then Dennis and Chard, Chard. I know. How long you guys been married? Woo! You got okay. <laughs> He's sure of it. All right, little choke. You had your hand up. Nice. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We've got one more birthday, but it's special birthday kids as we do. Kids get their very own happy birthday sung to them one at a time or eight at a time. Doesn't matter how, doesn't, doesn't matter how many there are. But for you adults, you're going to get happy, birth, happy birthday, happy, let's see, happy birthday anniversary. God bless you. And you're all lumped into one bunch. So here we are. And Kenzen Davis is, how old are you? Two. Woo. All right. We're going to sing happy birthday to Kenzen. everybody. He has risen. If uh, Let's get started. Let's turn into our Bibles, uh, Luke 24. I'm going to, this is going to be a bit lengthy and it's going to be a spoiler alert. I'm going to jump to the end. <laughs> While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why, why do you have doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and feet. <clears throat> it, is my, it is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still do not, did not believe... It was, excuse me, let me, I did that just ruined my whole point of this doggone thing. And while they still did not believe it, it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? I just love that part of this, this story, um, just because of its kind of randomness in there, but it shows that, that he was still in his flesh and blood, that he still had hunger, still needed food. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. <clears throat> he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what, this what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. <clears throat> and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be breached in his name to all nations, beginning at, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, 
uh, I, I read this part of the story just because I think it's really important. And um, because it, though we talked about this morning in, in Pastor Kelly's uh, sunrise service about how it's dark and dreary and everything was kind of, you know, everybody was sad and scared of what, what had just, they've just witnessed. But when he reappeared among them, the joy and amazement that they must have felt, um, I mean, just would have been outstanding. And I, and I, and I, and because, you know, in Easter, I, I always think back to as a kid, what, what was the most joyful thing on Easter? Waking up on Easter morning, going into the living room and finding your pile of, of whatever your parents gave you. My, my folks, it was a tradition, we always got an Eskimo Joe shirt on on Easter, or on Easter Sunday morning. I, I don't know why, but that's just what my mom and dad always did. But that joy that you felt as a child just pales in comparison. And I would think of it, you know, now as a parent, and I get to do that kind of things with Hudson and, and Hadley, like it just pales in the comparison of, of the joy that the, the disciples must have felt at that moment when they realized that the pain and suffering that they saw Jesus endure over those last few days him die, then bury him in the tomb. That it was actually for something that was actually meant to happen. Our forgiveness of sins, it would not have been possible if he didn't die on that day. Now, if you jump down in Luke, down to, um, uh, sorry, 52, it says then, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. I, I, I would just be, I mean, we say nowadays it's over the moon. Know what we say today? Could you imagine what it must have been like for those disciples and those early Christians to be able to witness that and see what, what was the truth, what was the true light in that situation? Let's pray over the offerings today. Dear Heavenly Father, you gave the ultimate gift, the ultimate tithe, the, the ultimate offering to us your only begotten son. He died. Third day, he was risen to fill, to fill the scriptures of what, what was said, what was spoken, what was written. Today, we offer up our meager, but yet meaningful offerings to this church and to you, Lord, so that we may continue to do what we do and tread this, spread this light onto each and every one here today. In your heavenly name, I pray. Amen. Uh, take tithing in the back of the church. P.O. Box 73 here in Carrier and uh, online. Uh, get the kids riled up. Get them lined up. Riled up? I'm pretty sure they're already there. <clears throat> there guys, they're getting lined up. You know, for you who uh, might be watching online or maybe uh, who are new here or, or come occasionally, one of, the, one of the biggest blessings we've had uh, for this church is the fact that we just continually get these families with these young kids, and which is the hardest thing to, to, to attract in a rural church, a small rural church a lot of times. But one of the things that's been a, a big blessing and, a, and helped us with that is uh, Patricia Hoover just just showed up. Uh, Jay and, and, and Kelsey came and uh, brought her, and, and uh, then she said, you know, I, I have this gift. I have this calling. I've done this before. Let me do this. And so she's began this uh, choir, kids choir. And boy, it's a big deal. We, we had quite a few, several of our kids gone today. We have several families gone, but we ended up having more here than we, 
I expected because we had so many that had said they weren't going to be able to be here, but we're blessed to have them come and sing us a couple of songs. On the plane the other day, just wishing that I can get out. When the man next to me saw the book of my hand and asked me what it was about, then I saw back on see a bestseller said in history, mystery, and why. Then I opened up my book and began to read from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I serve a risen Savior, He's in 
Wow, that's awesome. I must say, uh, that's one of the greatest joys to watch all the different combinations of yawns and this and and then the boy heartfelt singing. I tell you, it's a great thing. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, listen, today I'm going to do, I'm going to lead you in a, in a, a, a song. I did this this morning, but we're all going to do it together. And she's going to have the words up there. And then Kenzie's going to come and lead another one. But, uh, you know, this song, um, I, I had us do it live, la or I had us do it with the recording last week because it just spoke so much to me. You know, there's something that we're celebrating today, and that is Jesus. And uh, kids can, I guess kids can be dismissed. Go ahead, <clears throat> you guys. We were, we were halfway there, so I thought, well, we better just go ahead and turn them loose. If you're, the little kids can be dismissed downstairs. And we do have nursery if you need it. Uh, you, there's also a cry room back over here if you need that as well. You know, one of the things we're very blessed with is a lot of kids and a lot of babies. And, uh, you know, sometimes they just, uh, they want to compete. Uh, they were over there <laughs> competing, uh, uh, singing or trying to sing along, actually. And so it's a blessing. It's something that we love. And it's one of the things that makes it feel like home is what a lot of people say here. But, but anyway, this song, uh, I, I heard this. I don't even remember how I heard this. But it speaks of the name of Jesus because there's one of the things that that we as believers, because of Jesus and what He's done and because of the authority given to us in that name, how blessed we are. And so uh, this song was just uh, spoke volumes to me because we can speak the name of Jesus over our situations. <clears throat> the words are there. You can sing along. I just want to speak the name of Jesus <clears throat> over every heart and every mind. I know there is peace in your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there's freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety to every soul held captive by depression. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Shout Jesus from the mountains. And Jesus in the streets. 
Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak that holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak that holy name, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Just break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Father, we thank and we praise you that in the name of Jesus, the demons have to flee, that in the name of Jesus, we have the victory that you provided for us, and we praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, now, use this. <clears throat> she needs to use that other one? Okay. Uh, this is my youngest daughter, Kenzie. If you're not familiar with her, uh, she's at the back a lot. She's helping her mama a lot in the uh, doing uh, the nursery or, or helping in kids' church, and uh, she's getting ready to graduate high school and going to go off to college and be a music major. And so we're blessed uh, with all that she has. <clears throat> but we're blessed to sing. And this word, this, these words are here as well, so you can worship with us. i 
the thing that we are here to celebrate today and and the fact that Jesus is alive and you know it's a blessing to me I tried to get her to sing both of those songs and she didn't have time to practice and learn that first song but I told her they're all going to say well why didn't you sing both of them especially when your dad's voice is even scratchier than normal but uh, but you know today I'm I'm I just want to share with you, uh, blessed to have everybody here and all those that are watching online as well. But, you know, uh, we're just thankful for the fact that, that we can come together and, and worship on this day. And, you know, it's an exciting day for me every Sunday. There's, there's something, it's something that I've done for, obviously, for a lot of years. Um, and there's days and times whenever it's difficult. There's times when you just, you just press on and you just do it because that's what you've assigned or been assigned to do. That's what you're called to do. And, you know, I think that, that uh, today we're, we're here to remember one of the greatest events in, in all of history. And one of the things that, that I talked about, I think, uh, maybe last week or maybe during the week on my morning Bible study was this, uh, this uh, rendering or this uh, recording of It's Friday, Sunday's Coming. I want us to take a moment just to listen to this. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter is sleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. 
but they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scar. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. You know, I've tried to preach that. I can't do it quite like him. But I can tell you this, that that's what we celebrate. And you know, to the world, they may not see all that we see. But when you think about what took place on that Friday, it was all needed and necessary and part of why we can celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Because Sunday was coming. You know, why do we call Friday, Good Friday good? We said this this morning when Jesus was brutally beaten and he was crucified. What's good about that? It was good that Jesus was on the cross in, in his last breath, in his last moments of his life, he said, it is finished. And it wasn't his life that was finished. It was the culmination of the removal of everything that, that separated us from God. 
You know, it's an amazing thing when we begin to think about that and, and realize that, that this event that took place, and isn't it interesting that, that it's historically proven. It's, it's not something that's made up. It's not a fairy table, tale. Uh, the Jewish scholars, the, the historians, people who aren't even written and are noted in the Bible, they, they concur that all this took place. Jesus was seen by some 200, I, I believe it is, of, of his followers and others that people, even uh, different historians, recognize that, that Jesus was raised again. And that's the one thing that separates what we believe and, and, and what's so valid to us as Christians, what's so different than, than what uh, anyone, any other religion has. They don't have a God who died for them and, and was rose, risen again, is still alive. You know, uh, I like Cody does the sign, if y'all notice the sign out on the, on the highway. You, you know, Cody's the one that took that over here a while back when it, when it really got cool. I will say that. It's, it, you got to be. And did you recognize the Bee Gees? You know, how many of you were able to recognize just the face before it said Bee Gees? Y'all are old, right? <clears throat> you could, some of y'all didn't even get that. You didn't you loosen up a little bit. But you know, you, you recognize, I recognize anyway, the picture of the lead singer. I don't know his name, whatever, whoever, the head Bee Gees. And because uh, I, I could remember that <clears throat> as a kid, you know, I can remember the Bee Gees and, and my sister's really liking the Bee Gees. I think we had eight tracks of, of the Bee Gees. Uh, I asked Kenzie, I said, do you know who they are? She goes, yeah, I know, Dad. But see, he, 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 they are not the only ones that are still alive or, or, or staying alive, I should say. Jesus was, is risen. We have a little bit of fun with that, but, but the fact that Jesus, got, Jesus became God not only with us, but he, he became God for us. That's what, that's what we celebrate is the fact that Jesus went to the cross, he paid the price, and, and was given, provided for us that sacrifice. You know, I'm going to look in, in uh, Matthew 27. I'm not going to recount everything, uh, but, but the trial that took place and, and, and what Jesus went through at, at the cross, before the cross, it's significant that we recognize this and understand this because one of the things that Jesus was, that made this so incredible was not just because Jesus was in the earth as a man, God made flesh. It wasn't just that, that he was about to experience the crucifixion on the cross, but there was oh so much more. You know, Jesus experienced uh, the, the, his friends turning on him. He, he, he experienced people doing him absolutely wrong. You know, it's amazing to me how, how he could have had supper with Judas, who was going to betray him, and, and, and acknowledged and recognized him, still served him, still washed his feet, still did the same things on on the Thursday before he went to the cross, even though he knew. You know, there was, there was something that motivated Jesus in the midst of all that he did and all that he experienced. He knew that the beating was coming. He knew that he was going to experience having death put on him. He knew that he was going to be separated from God. He, he, he knew all that he was going to go through, and yet he kept the, the focus on the end result. You know, sometimes our lives are like that. <clears throat> we, 
We can get caught up in the, in the day-to-day things. We can get caught up in the pressure of the moment or the pressure of the time. We can, we can get caught up in, in what our life is handing us right now. But if we can be like Jesus in the fact that we're going to look to the end result. You know, I, was, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and it was funny. They, they responded. I shared part of the story, but they, they responded to me after, after recognizing that they just said something or done something that, that wasn't very good, wasn't very positive. And this person said, I'm trying. And I patted him on the shoulder, and I said, look, it's a process. It's a process. We don't arrive at this all at once and, and become ultimately successful at being a Christian, so-called, or, or arriving at this perfect time of where we no longer struggle or no longer fall. Jesus, in this verse 11 of, of Matthew 27, he says, Meanwhile, Jesus stood by the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. And when he, had accused, he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Do you hear the testimonies that are bringing, they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even a single charge. To the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at, as the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had, had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So, uh, so when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Okay, understanding, for those who might not be familiar, Pilate was the Roman governor over that region in charge of determining who was going to get crucifixion. Uh, he, was, he was handing down the, the in, in short, he was handing down uh, the, the judgments. It says, <clears throat> he goes on, a crowd, crowd gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas, Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus who they call you who is called the Messiah. For he knew that it was out of self-interest that he had handed Jesus over to him. In other words, he said, you know what? You've put me in this position to do the your your dirty work, talking to the basically to the religious leaders. Because the religious leaders couldn't couldn't do that. But they could get the Romans to do it if they brought the right charge against him. Pilate's trying to stay out of this. But in verse 19, it says, While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. Now, a nice little side note, men, if you're married and your wife says something to you, listen. It's usually very good information and advice. She may say, Don't buy that. She may say, we ought to do this. We ought to do that. <clears throat> so anyway, just a little side note. But verse 20 says, But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas instead of, and to have Jesus executed. Now, I brought you to this place because last week on, on Palm Sunday, we talked about how Jesus entered Jerusalem. You remember, if you were here if you've, or if you're familiar with that story, the week before, the Sunday before Jesus was resurrected, the Sunday before Good Friday, the Sunday before the Garden of Gethsemane when he was, when he was handed over to soldiers, the, the, the time before he stood by Pilate, the crowds in Jerusalem, it says, remember, the whole city was moved. Jesus entered, 
That's the title of my message, Jesus Entered. Jesus entered Jerusalem and the whole city has moved and, and, and the, the, they're waving palm branches and they're throwing their coats in front of, in front of the, the, the donkey as he rode in. They're, they're celebrating him. Every time he went anywhere up till this moment, the crowds had just followed him because why? He's doing good. He's healing. He's transforming. He's changing lives. He's impacting people. He's healing the sick. He's, he's casting out demons. He's doing the works and the will of God. And they're recognizing him as, as such. But now all of a sudden, the crowd was being controlled and the crowd was being shifted. I think one great example to all of us is who are we allowing to influence us? You know, this crowd went from loving Jesus to absolutely calling for Barabbas, calling for the sin, for the one who actually, in, in reality, did what Jesus was accused of doing. And they said, no, turn him loose. And then they began to shout, which... Uh, verse 21, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And the, asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered, then what should I do with Jesus who you called Messiah? Pilate asked, and they said, crucify him. Why? What crimes has he committed? He asked. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. And Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but in, uh, because it uh, instead of, but that instead of an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. An innocent man's blood is on you, not me. It's not my responsibility. He basically washed his, not basically, he literally just washed his hands of it. He said, it's on you. But what I wanted us to see there was the fact that Jesus went from everybody loving him to every, seemingly everybody hating him. And at this point, he's alone. His, his mom was hanging out in the crowd. She held on. A few of the, a few of the women, a few of those that weren't as notable or, or as easily, not notable, but, but less likely to be drugged and, and treated as Jesus had been treated, they'd all scattered. All the rest of them had gone. They left. You know, Jesus entered into all these places in order to provide for us an entrance into heaven but also an entrance into life with Him. It's pretty amazing to me how we see this example of how quickly people are changed and things are transformed and, and the whole atmosphere is set. You know, one of the things that uh, <clears throat> oftentimes happens is, is one loud voice can affect everything. I, one, one example I was thinking the other day, you know, I, I saw a post where, where a, a, an umpire... At a, at a ball game, a woman ha actually had gotten punched. Now, it didn't say whether the, it was a man or a woman punched, punched, him, punched her, but this umpire w was punched after a ball game. Didn't say what age group. I'm sure it was, you know, upper, maybe a little bit older, but, you know, probably, you know, who knows? My point was it brought back memories of me yelling at umpires. Now, I didn't do it a lot. I, I learned as I got... More and more kids, you know, the first kid, I was passionate, man. I was all over it. I was all over the coaches. I was all over. I was yelling at coaches from the stands if I wasn't actually the coach. And, and I was all about it. But what I found was 
sitting in the crowd, didn't matter what town, we lived in, all of our, all four of our kids graduated from different high schools. So, so we were in different towns at different times. Uh, you know, we had, we had uh, re relationships and friendships and, 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 and we were tied into these schools. And, but what I found was if I said something or a loud voice said something, and my voice is, you know, carries pretty good. If I said something, all of a sudden there'd be three others right behind me going, yeah. And if I continued, it continued to escalate. Now, it could have been me or somebody else. You know, what I also found was if I was quiet, somebody else would say something, and the same thing would happen, right? It wasn't all my fault. It wasn't all on me. But the influence was that, that negative voice. You know what I tried to always be? Is after I began to realize a lot of these things, I started trying to be that positive voice. I do that when I'm working around a bunch of guys. If we're, you know, everything's kind of falling apart, I try to bring the, the good into, into the situation, or I try to turn, the, turn the, 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 the atmosphere by saying something good, something positive. Well, it could be worse, you know. At least, it's, you know, the other day we, we were at Sail Barn, winds blowing, gusting to 50. Every gate you throw comes right back at you. Or if you throw it where it should have gone, it goes completely past. You got a chain, you got a hold, you got to, oh, everything was... Three times as much work. And somebody's, oh, this is oh, Everybody's griping. And it was, it was a struggle. But I said, at least it ain't raining. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's gusting to 50, but at least it's out of the south. At least it wasn't north wind and, and the wind chill's not minus 10. It could be worse. But see, they got influenced by the crowd. They went from, so that, that, that poses me a thought or a question. Were some of those same ones only praising Jesus and the being moved because a few other loud voices were being moved? You know, when it all boils down, it really just comes down to what's in our heart, what's in reality. You know, the wonderful thing is, I guess wonderful and sometimes challenging thought to that is that God knows our heart. I always tell people, you can fool people for a while, but you can't ever fool God. But you know what I love is I love the fact that God appreciates and loves us in the midst of our honesty. You know, I remember when I wasn't, wasn't, wanting, wasn't ready to give my life to God, I said, uh-uh. And I didn't, I didn't play any games, but you know what? I absolutely knew that that was where my source of strength was. I absolutely knew that's where my help was. I, I couldn't always, and, and even now, I can't always handle everything that comes along, but I learned to put my faith and my trust in God. You see, these disciples, in, the, in what I talked about this morning was the, the, the darkness that they felt because everything that they had put their stability in, you got to remember, these were, these were men, those men that Jesus called to follow him were businessmen. They were, they, they were uh, people in, of position. They, they had, there was a tax, a, a tax collector. There was a physician. There, was, there were fishermen. They weren't just, you know, working for somebody. They were in business for themselves. They laid all that aside, and they left and followed Jesus. And now he's gone? And now you, you are, are allowing yourself to go to the cross and be humiliated, be, be, be beaten, be, be take all this. I don't think they grasped it. That's what's so amazing about, about that story, how everything began to change. 
You know, I wrote down nine places that Jesus entered, and I'm not going to go through every scripture, but I may tell you the scripture. He entered Jerusalem to fulfill the prophecy. He entered a ro the room of the Passover meal, the Last Supper, and I can also say the, the entrance of the, or the beginning of the New Covenant. He entered the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He also entered there knowing he was going to be betrayed. He entered the trial and was declared guilty and sentenced to die. He entered the courtyard for a beating he didn't deserve and bore stripes that we could be healed. He entered the streets of Jerusalem carrying a cross for his crucifixion. And then he entered the tomb and hell to defeat death, hell, and the grave. 1 Peter 3.22 says that he also entered heaven and presented his blood on the mercy seat as the sacrifice for our sin. And he entered the throne room and sat down at the right hand of the Father. You know, the whole week, this week of Holy Week, is a, is a week of remembering all that Jesus did. I, you know, I can also tell you it, it, it's sometimes between Sundays a lot can happen. Between Sundays there's a lot of life to live. But you know, because of what Jesus has done for us, we have that, can have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that allows us to take Jesus with us everywhere we go. We don't just meet him at church on Sunday. We don't, just, we don't just pray with him in the morning, but we have him with us all day long. <clears throat> you know, that was the amazing thing that the disciples were experiencing. They physically had Jesus walking with them. They got up every morning and they, you know, he was probably fixing breakfast for them. You know, he's probably, you know, like, like, your, like your dad, like the old, the old guy that always is up before everybody else. He, 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 was, he was up... He was ready. In fact, he'd probably already prayed three hours. You know, Jesus was able to obviously do that, that sort of thing. And these guys are waking up there. They're wondering what they're going to do. And every day they go and they get their instructions. And now all of a sudden it's all gone. Well, you know, that's kind of the way Sunday mornings are. Sunday mornings you come and you get instruction, you get encouragement, you get, you get help, you get pumped up, hopefully. But you know, the wonderful thing is now, because of what Jesus did, we also get to enter into that personal relationship with Him so that we now have Him with us always in the person of the Holy Spirit. Because we got to enter a new covenant with God so that we could be the children of God. You know, Jesus made that possible. We can enter a, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and we can enter the Holy of Holies. That's His presence. We can, we can actually come into His presence. Isn't that an amazing thing? You know, <clears throat> whenever I begin to give or, or, or walk with the Lord and, and begin to learn that, that, that I could meet with God. You know, I, I would go to church and, and I'd experience God and I could sense His presence at, at church, you know, and, you know, somebody like Kinsey's song, you know, that wonderful song or mom's song at the beginning, you could just sense the presence of God. You'd, you'd know that God's there. And then I can remember going home and 
You know, I mean, I think it's God again till the next Sunday. I show back up. Oh, yeah, it's Sunday. I, gotta, I need to go to church. I go to church, and I experience God. And, and then I began to, to start to pray in the mornings, and I started to do a Bible study, and I, I'd start to seek God in, in the mornings on my own. And, and I started to, to have that personal relationship or, or began to seek Him, and I began to understand Him. And, and you know, I began to notice that, that I could meet God in the morning, and, and we just kind of had a, you know, I, I went and grabbed my coffee cup because I couldn't find a bottle of water. I was needing something from my scratchy voice. Lord in the morning, sensed his, who he was, began that personal walk. But then I started noticing I could take him with me. And in my day, now I've worked with guys. Some guys will, you know, get ready to gather up and, you know, work cattle. They'd pray. You know, stop everything and, like, pray. I think, man, that's really, that's really cool. That's really spiritual. I probably should do that. I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to, you know, be there, you know, leading prayer. So I don't do that necessarily. Do that, but I did it in the morning before I started. On the way, every every time I'm, I load my horses. I'm Father, be with me, guide and direct me, protect me, watch over me, whatever I'm doing. You you have that sense, but see, I began to realize that that I began to want God's interaction all throughout my day. And what I started to realize all of a sudden was I began to recognize that that God that I experienced on Sunday morning and that God that I began to, to, to experience on, when I met with Him on each morning, I began to, to sense that same presence, begin to hear that same direction, feel that same, same help when I'm trying to sort cattle or trying to you know, figure out how to fix stuff. Fuel on the fuel injectors, and and John Deere's had it, but this case this case had it too. But you can unscrew that, pump that up. Well, I'd already done that. I'd wore that sucker out trying to get the air out of the line. I'd I'd taken. I thought we had air in the lines. I mean, we we had done all kinds of stuff with this thing to try to get it run. And I went over to that thing and I looked at. It, I said, I'm, I'm like, I'm having this conversation in my mind. I've already messed with this thing. I've already done this. I've done you know, but I hadn't changed it completely out. I had the thought, unscrew that. I unscrewed that little thing, and it come apart. I don't remember exactly how, but it's it just a little old cap, and it, it, it unscrewed. It came apart, and when it came apart, there was a little old ring on the inside of there that was busted in two. The whole problem was that a piece of that O-ring had gotten in that where that injector pump could not do its job. Now, I don't know how many thousands of dollars that the, the Zolodex would have charged me to go through everything that I was going to go through, all the obvious stuff. I would have racked up, you know, $120 an hour, $100 an hour, whatever it was. No doubt it cost me $500 at least. But God knew. Now, see, the disciples had had that kind of relationship with Jesus throughout all. So I fixed a little part, got it to run, and the tractor ran great after that for years. I sold it here last year. But here's, the, here's my point. Because Jesus entered and went all those places, He gave us the right to have that kind of relationship with God. I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 4 as we get ready to close. And I want you to see this. I believe it's over here. I didn't, as I remember, <clears throat> we'll find it when we get over there. But in Hebrews chapter 4, I believe, I don't have the right Bible, but it says... Uh, Come boldly to the throne of grace. Huh? 
Verse 16. Thank you, Martha. I didn't have it in this one. It says uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, because Jesus entered all these places, he gave us opportunity to enter into his holy place with him. He gave us opportunity to enter and have the confidence to come before him, to receive his mercy and find grace in time of need. You know, as I begin to think about all that's involved in that verse, what kind of mercy do we need? Depends on where we're at. Depends on where our walk is. I needed mercy and help to fix my tractor but you know what? That came at the, as a, at the end of an 18-year-old kid, 19, 18, I guess I was 18, laying on, on my bed, not able to sleep at night, going, God, nothing in my life fills me up. And I knew it was him. Absolutely. And I began to say, you know, begin to pray and seek God. I needed the mercy and the help to how do I get there? I've got all this, all this reputation. I've got all this stuff. I've got all these, these, these friends. I've got all these things against me. I've got all these reasons why I can't come before you confidently. See, that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. That's the wonderful thing about what he's provided. Because he entered and paid that price, see, the one thing that kept me at that point out of his, out of confident relationship, personal relationship with him, was my sin, was my failure, was my inability to be good enough, was my pride, was my, you know, what are people going to think? You know, what, what, how, how is this, this going to fit my life? And yet I knew in my emptiness and, and the thing that I had lost, this is what I needed. You know, your children get to receive the benefits of living in your home. I know sometimes they expect it. <laughs> they just think, hey, you know, hey. They receive the benefit of that. A lot of times they don't realize the sacrifice. They don't realize the price. But I can tell you this, Jesus did it all for us. Let's pray. Father, we just praise you. We thank you that, Lord, you, you did love us, and you do love us. And I thank you, Father God, that you look at our lives not with criticism, not with judgment, but with absolute love. And that, Father, it's because you died you entered all of those places, and you, but you entered that tomb and didn't stay there. I know sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around, but the simplicity of it is, is this. He did it so that we could have life. Because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow. Because Jesus lives, we can receive that, that promise. And Father, it's as simple as us just saying, 
All right, Lord, I give up. All right, Lord, let's begin this process. All right, Lord, I receive that free gift. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And as scary as it may be, be my Lord and my Savior. And Father, I thank you and I praise that if we can pray that simple prayer, we can be born again. We can make Jesus Lord of our lives. And then we can take him with us every day. Father, we praise you for that in Jesus' name, amen. You know, I pray some kind of prayer like that almost every service. The challenge is, is that when you pray that prayer, and you acknowledge Jesus as your personal Lord. Sometimes we don't even understand what that term is, kind of a churchy word. But when you trust your life to Jesus, the next step is to come and to acknowledge that. I don't always have people come forward, but you need to go somewhere. You need to go to that one. You need to do like Dakota did. He had to tell his wife when he got into the car, oh my, God got a hold of me. Like Cody told me, he said, you know, I don't know if I ever really prayed that prayer. This was seven years ago, I guess, or so. Grew up in church, but I don't know if I really knew. But we begin to acknowledge that. We begin to walk that out. So I challenge you with that. Love you guys. We're going to close with a hymn as these guys get ready to sing because he lives. So we wanted you to experience what we get to experience usually on every Sunday, which is Martha's beautiful piano and mom leading us in song. So let's stand and close with this song. Sing this with me. And there's three verses to it. And I like the second verse because it talks about newborn babies, and we've got lots of them here. God sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he's been died to buy my pardon, and empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives, because he I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future. Life is worth a living just because he lives. How sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater still that calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. And then one day I'll cross the river 
I'll fight life's fine, no war with pain. And then as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory and I know he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth a living just because he lives. All right. Well, because he lives, we can face tomorrow, and we're glad you all are here. You are dismissed. God bless you. Have a wonderful day today, and we'll see you next Sunday.